Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I've realized over time that we forget parts of the struggle. And this is really normal, and you may not even realize it's happening. But in interacting with my community, I am frequently reminded of the things that I went through in my first few weeks and months of sobriety. I know a lot of people look for sober tips So I thought that I would ask the members of my Living a Sober Powered Life community to share their favorite tips with you. I've collected 55 tips, all from regular people just like you in various stages of their sobriety. And if you are interested in joining us inside the community, check out the show notes for more information. So let's dig in.
back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm your host, Jill, and I am doing something a little bit different today. I'm doing a member takeover. So my members collected 55 different tips for you to support your sobriety. So I'm just going to share them all, and I hope it's super helpful for you. Our first bunch of tips comes from one of my members, Ashley. Tip one If you feel safe, tell people that you are not drinking right now. This helps with accountability. I think white lies like I'm on a health kick are okay in these cases. And I love this tip. I think that you should at least tell someone that you're close to. I don't recommend like announcing it to all of social media, but telling people that you're really close to that can support you through the beginning will be very helpful. And everybody else, if it makes you feel more comfortable to do a little white lie, like you're doing a health journey or a 30-day challenge like dry January or dry July or sober October, then great. Not everybody has to know about your personal life. A lot of people say, be proud of your sobriety, tell everybody about it. And that's awesome if you feel that way, but not everybody does. And if you don't want to tell everybody and yell it from the rooftops, I love this tip about little white lies. Ashley's second tip, plan sober treats for each day that you are sober. Spend what you can afford on yourself. A $1.29 Diet Coke with extra ice from McDonald's, one of her favorite sober treats, is wonderful. I think this tip is especially helpful if you are someone that romanticized alcohol or you saw it as a treat or a reward. Nothing's going to fully replace that reward that you got from alcohol unless it's something else bad, but you're not in for a life of deprivation just because you don't drink. So thinking of little treats to get yourself, like you could do something special for your 30-day milestone or your 90-day or whatever, like getting a massage or getting a pedicure or going on a little day trip, just something to keep it motivating and fun and to celebrate your accomplishment because not drinking is very, very hard. And any days that you get of sobriety, you should feel very proud of. Her third tip, follow people on Instagram or TikTok that are at various stages in their sobriety, but further along than you. And in parentheses, she says, like me. These internet friends can keep you inspired. I remember when I was at the beginning of my sobriety and I started kind of showing up in the sober Instagram community, and I would see people celebrating their 1,000 day sober milestone. And I thought like, wow, I can't even imagine getting that many days. I'm so far away from that. What an accomplishment. And then I did eventually get there myself. And there are people on Instagram, I don't use TikTok, so, but I'm sure they're over there too. But there are people on Instagram that have decades of sobriety or people that are in their first year. So you can find people that have whatever stage they're at that's motivating to you. If following someone who has 30 years of sobriety doesn't feel motivating to you, then don't follow that person. Ashley's fourth tip, which I love, glamorize your sobriety, romanticize your choice. What is sexy and cool about the choice to be alcohol free? 
And she suggests following celebrities that are sober and seem to live fabulous lives. And I like this idea of glamorizing your sobriety because often we look at sobriety like it's deprivation or we couldn't figure out how to moderate so we have to be sober and it's just not as good. So I love the idea of glamorizing your sobriety. Ashley's fifth tip is go to bed really early if possible. It doesn't matter what you do there. You can scroll on your phone, eat cupcakes, have a little cry, whatever. Just go there and coddle yourself. And this is a tip I've heard a lot. Like when in doubt, go to bed. If you are struggling with nighttime cravings every night and it's really hard and the only thing that you can do to make it stop and get through the night is to go to bed at seven o'clock, that's fine. Just know that that you're not going to bed at seven o'clock for the rest of your life. It's just right now while you get some time and distance away from alcohol. And over time, your brain is going to heal. You're going to develop skills and a support system and your cravings won't be as intense. Her sixth tip, don't try to do everything, meaning do a ton less and just luxuriate in being you without alcohol. Don't try to eat super healthy or work out if these are things that you don't do already. Don't try to journal every single day unless it helps you. Don't pile a bunch of stuff on. Keep these early days as simple as you can. And I think this is so key. I see so many people, they quit drinking, they get a few days in and then they have a health kick, they're going to go on a diet and they're cutting out sugar and they're doing all these things. Not drinking is hard enough. Just get used to that in the beginning and then you can add on more stuff as you go. There's plenty of time to do the health kick and all these healthy habits. You have more than enough time to do that later. And Ashley's last tip, write down all the good things that you see and that happen in a day. I heard someone call these glimmers, and this is a little bit different from gratitude. It's more of an observation. For example, if a dog comes up to you for a pet on your morning walk, or you find a quarter, or a colleague sends you a note of thanks. Keep it short so you don't feel stressed. I like this tip and I've never heard this one before. I've never heard of glimmers and I think this is really cool and I think this is a good way to unlock gratitude and self-awareness because when I quit drinking, I hated myself so much that the thought of gratitude or appreciating any part of my life seemed really far out of reach. But these glimmers, like a, a dog coming up to you, is more factual. So I think that's a good place to start if that helps you. Our next few tips are from another one of my members, Susan. Our eighth tip is take five deep breaths. Breathe in through your nose for four, hold for four, breathe out for six, and really empty your diaphragm and abdomen. Hold for four and then repeat five times. This can be helpful if you're struggling with cravings or anxiety, or you're getting stuck in a loop of wanting to drink and feeling like you really need it and you can't get out, this can help ground you. And similarly, our ninth tip from Susan is guided meditations. She uses Headspace, but there are tons of apps. And she said that 
If it's more than 10 minutes, I fall asleep or quit because I'm unable to concentrate on it, but it still helps either way. So you can do short guided meditations. I think this is especially helpful if you are struggling with insomnia in the beginning. And Susan's last tip, or 10th tip, when I really can't stop thinking about the past and my mind is racing, I focus on the present moment. It takes practice, but I always get a few minutes of relief. I start with the five deep breaths, and then I tell myself, there is no past or future, there is only now. Focus on this reality. And I believe it because it's true. Sometimes acceptance and gratitude start showing up, and if all else fails, I binge watch documentaries or rom-coms until I fall asleep. Staying in the present is very helpful for early sobriety because it's very easy to get caught up in shame or future tripping and worrying about everything that's coming up that you feel like you should drink at. So grounding yourself in the present moment is key. And our next few tips come from another member, Mariana. Tip 11, connect with many different sober people and you will find that you are not alone and heck you might even find someone that has an eerily similar story as yours this is something that i observed too i thought that my story was completely unique and no one has ever suffered in the way that i have suffered and once i started sharing in listening to other people's shares i found that even down to the tiniest little detail Someone has experienced exactly what I've experienced and nothing was unique to me. It's not because I'm bad or a loser. This is just something a lot of people experience. Tip 12, make alcohol a non-negotiable. And this one is essential. I think that this is why I am able to have three and a half years of sobriety now because I believe that I can never drink no matter what. It will never be long enough. There will never be a good enough reason. It's never going to be different. It's just something I can't do. And the urge will still come up once in a while when I have a big trigger, like in last week's episode about my work triggers. But I know for a fact that I can't drink, and that's really helpful. Mariana's next tip, number 13. I love reading Quitlet, but don't be afraid to toss it if it's not for you. I don't waste my time on things that don't line up with my values. I love this tip. Some people love books and they love Quitlet, and other people, it's not really helpful for them. And same with all other methods of support, meetings, coaching, courses, social media, whatever. If it doesn't work for you, don't force it. Find the right fit for your sobriety and your values and your life. Number 14, Mariana says that our meetings and our community really help, which makes me very happy, of course, and we love having Mariana in our meetings because she's just so nice and supportive. And 15, this is a good one, the sober chair. And Mariana first started bringing this up in our meetings, and we had never heard of it, and it is such a cool idea. So her idea of a sober chair is getting yourself a space just for you. Hers is a chair. You can journal there, cuddle with your dog, whatever it takes. It's a safe space and it is yours. You could bring your quitlet there. 
You could listen to podcasts there. Just some special place in your house that you can go to for relief or if you need a little bit of break. Our next few tips come from another member, Lucy. So tip 16, kickstart with a 31-day challenge to gain momentum. And I love this. Some people really struggle with the idea of forever. And if that is tripping you up and making you go back and forth, then having a time limit is very helpful. And hopefully at the end of the 31 days or whatever it is, you feel good enough that you want to continue on a little bit longer. But even if you don't, you still learned a lot of valuable information. So if you're struggling with the idea of forever, then I think this tip is an excellent suggestion. Lucy's next tip, tip number 17, treat the inevitable challenges like a big experiment. And I love this way to look at it because it's all a big learning process. And if you open your mind and you practice self-awareness, there's a lot that you can learn from every single experience, whether it goes the way that you hope or it doesn't. Tip 18, bed is generally a safe space at any hour. When in doubt, go to bed. Tomorrow will be better. Thank you, Lucy, for that awesome tip. Our next tip comes from one of our members, Mary Alice, and she says the best tip that I can share is community. Join a community and stay connected every single day. Find a community or multiple communities and share your story, your thoughts, your fears, your joys and aspirations. Stay connected there. Make it your life's number one priority. Most of all, vigilantly maintain your connection as you continue to grow into your sobriety. Listen, learn, take notes, share, inspire, be inspired. Your community will grow with you every step. And Mary Alice's personal observation, disconnection leads to relapse. I love this tip so much because it's not that you have to be obsessed with sobriety forever and, and do a whole bunch of sober stuff all the time. But you need to do some, you need to have a routine, whether that's therapy, being part of a community, going to meetings, coaching, whatever, listening to a weekly podcast, whatever it is. And I agree with Mary Alice here. What I've seen too is that people slowly fade away and then they drink again, which makes them want to fade away even more because now they feel ashamed. So whatever you end up doing, to get support for your sobriety, do it consistently. And if you ever start to think that you don't need it anymore or it's a waste of your time, I would just challenge those thoughts. Everybody always needs support. Our next few tips come from another member, Liz. Tip 20, she says, community, get in and stay in. Find a sober pal or a small group if possible. And one-to-one support and accountability is always helpful. I completely agree with this one. I think that you should go back and listen to my episode on felt accountability. It was episode 143. When you build relationships with a group, it's really helpful and it can help you have that pause between the desire to drink and actually drinking. Tip 21 Take care of yourself like you never have before. Sleep, rest, relax, do things that you enjoy, get outside, move, 
Self-care is essential. And I completely agree. And similar to Mary Alice's observation that disconnection leads to relapse, I would also say that a lack of self-care or giving up self-care leads to very high levels of stress and resentment, which then can also lead to relapse. Tip 22, podcasts and reading about the science of what booze does to us physically, mentally, and emotionally. This was what helped me the most too, is understanding why I was having the experiences that I was having with my drinking. And that's what this whole podcast is all about. Tip 23, start each day with quiet time. Read passages, pray, meditate, journal, do breath work, set your intention, whatever you like to do. I also like to have my quiet time and I've been challenging myself to not open my email first thing in the morning when I'm still in bed because that is such a toxic behavior and I try to go on my walk and protect that peaceful time and then check the emails when I get home. I think trying to find any bit, even if it's 10 minutes of quiet time for yourself in the morning is very helpful so that you don't feel overwhelmed throughout the day. Tip 24 from Liz. I love this one. Nickname your temptation voice. Not today, wine witch. No thank you, liquor Larry. Get out of here. We also have some people in the community that have not just nicknamed their temptation voice, but they've also nicknamed their drunk alter ego. I call mine drunk Jill, but other people have given them this whole persona with their own name. And Liz's last tip for us, have some fun, laugh. Alcohol numbed all of the feelings and they will come back strong. And it also robbed us of our joy. Find fun and contentment in the everyday things. You will feel it. It'll be subtle at first, but stronger as time goes on. And I feel like this goes back to our level of awareness too and our tip about glimmers. I think once we can pay more attention to little everyday things, we can start to find joy and happiness and contentment in the little things. What I noticed for myself is when I was drinking, I felt like everything had to be a huge celebration. And now that I'm sober, I don't feel that way anymore. Like just my life is good. I don't have to do these big celebratory plans every single time something happens. I don't need to escape from regular life by celebrating things all the time. So I hope that if you haven't experienced that yet, you will soon. So thank you so much for those tips, Liz. Our next tips come from Cynthia. Tip 26. This is a journey of unlearning many years of drinking habits. Be patient. It will take time. Patience is key, and that's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. We expect to quit drinking, and then things should immediately start getting better. And when they don't, we feel very frustrated and want to give up. And this is what I was talking about in my workshop and my membership this month about motivation. And you could listen to a sneak peek that I posted right before this episode in my feed. So if you didn't listen to that, go listen. But alcohol gives us instant gratification. It gives us whatever we want as soon as we want it. 
And because of the way that dopamine impacts the brain and that drinking changes the brain, we become very effort averse. It's hard for us to put in effort when it doesn't have a payoff. So remembering to be patient during this journey is key. Tip 27, don't compare your journey with anyone else. What works for you may not work for others and vice versa. That is okay. I totally agree with Cynthia here. I think it's easy to look at other people's sobriety and feel like they have it so easy or they figured it all out and you never will or that because some influencer or public figure quit drinking a certain way that that's how you should quit drinking. And we only see a small part of other people's journeys. So you're comparing your entire experience to just a tiny part of theirs. So remember, everyone is on their own journey and there are many different ways to get sober. Tip 28, have grace with yourself. Get to know yourself. It is okay if you don't know who you are or what your interests are. This will come as you continue to learn about your sober self. When I first stopped drinking, I didn't have any hobbies or interests because I had given them all up for alcohol. And I didn't even really have that many to begin with. So when you first quit drinking, you may not even know what you like anymore. But it's an exciting time of self-discovery. You get to learn more about yourself, what you actually like, what you don't like. And you can try a bunch of different things to find the right interests or hobbies for you. Tip 29, find a therapist who has been through alcohol addiction. On therapy days, be gentle with yourself. You may be emotionally exhausted. Like Cynthia, I 100% think everybody needs to go to therapy, whether your therapist has had personal experience with it or it's something that they specialize in and have a lot of experience helping people with. Therapy is probably not going to feel that amazing when you first start doing it because you're going to bring up a lot of hard stuff that you didn't want to talk about or think about. But the best thing about therapy that I always tell everybody is once you tell the story to your therapist, you never have to tell it again. Therapists have amazing memories. I don't know how they do it. And you can always just refer to the event or the story or whatever, and they'll know what you're talking about. It was very hard for me to tell my therapist about like my worst drinking memories and the ones that I have a lot of shame over, but I only had to get the courage up to do that one time. And now I can just kind of refer to what the story was and my therapist knows what I'm talking about. So if you're worried about sharing things that are hard or uncomfortable, you don't have to share it over and over and over again. Just get your courage up, share the story, and you're going to feel so much lighter when your session is over. Tip 30, walk in nature, sit in the sun, sleep, cry, punch pillows, and eat the cake. I love this one. Basically, just be gentle with yourself, give yourself a break, do self-care, it's okay to eat sugar, it's okay to feel angry, and get outside into the fresh air. When I first noticed gratitude coming back for me, it was because of the sunlight and the pretty flowers and the fresh air. That was the very first thing I was able to have gratitude about. And Cynthia's last tip, tip 31, when you slip up, because you will, don't guilt or shame yourself. Write down what triggered you, play the tape forward, and have a trusted person that you can call. 
We talk a lot about this in our community. It's a shame-free zone. We want people to feel safe sharing what happened or feel safe coming to the group before a slip-up happens. And if you do have a slip-up, of course you're going to feel bad about it, but it's really important to not wallow in the shame and to try to move forward. And it's critical to understand what got you. If you don't know what got you, then how can you cope with it without drinking next time this thing comes up? So if you did have a slip, I really encourage you to do like a post-mortem analysis of it and try to figure out what got you, what were the thoughts that set you off? Was it a person? Just analyze the experience. Our next set of tips comes from Jennifer G. And tip 32 is get plugged into a group of like-minded people that have calls or Zooms or Facebook Lives. It's so important to have something to do like that every day for the first 30 days. And I completely agree. In the first 30 days, you feel uncomfortable. You don't really know what's going on. Your emotions are heightened. You have cravings. You're bored because now you have a lot of free time. So getting around other people that get what you're going through and can help support you through the first 30 days is critical. Tip 33, dump out all the booze in your house if possible. This one is really important. If someone gave you a gift or you bought really expensive wine and you're just keeping it around for some reason, get rid of it, re-gift it, get it out of your house. If the alcohol is in your house, it's much easier to convince yourself that it's okay to drink it. If there's none in your house, now you have another barrier between you and drinking again because you have to actually leave to go obtain alcohol. And this tip obviously doesn't work for everybody because some people have a partner that drinks. And I've done an episode about how I handle my husband's drinking. I think it was like 16 or 18. So you can check that one out if you need tips for that situation. Tip 34, never get too hungry. So we've all probably heard of HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And those are big triggers to drink. If you're feeling hungry, you might be feeling stressed, or angry or uncomfortable, and those emotions and the discomfort in general are triggers to drink. So it's very important that we do self-care and we take care of ourselves so things like hunger don't set off cravings because we have enough cravings in the beginning, we don't need extra. Jennifer's next tip, tip 35, stock your house with tasty AF beverages. I love water, but it doesn't fill a need in the evening and also get some yummy snacks in the house. Nuts, chips, and salsa, and of course, ice cream and cookies. If you like to have a tasty treat at the end of the day, then make sure that you get some drinks that really fulfill that need for you. And same with snacks. If you need to have extra snacks in the beginning, it's fine. You can deal with that at another time. Just get used to not drinking. And Jennifer echoes this, tip 36, don't deny yourself good munchies and don't worry about gaining weight. Your only job is not to drink alcohol for 30 days. Not drinking is hard enough. Tip 37, don't feel bad if you cancel plans with drinking friends. Don't set yourself up for failure. Boundaries are a priority now, not people pleasing. 
when I first stopped drinking, I didn't know that I could say no to things. And once I learned that, it was so empowering. And it's not just that I found my voice or my ability to say no. It's that I realized like no one's life is going to be ruined by me saying no to something. So if you have to cancel plans or distance yourself a little bit to get 30 days or 90 days or whatever amount under your belt, then that is fine. Again, just focus on not drinking. The rest will come. Tip 38, try to exercise and take a nice walk every day. 100% agree. My morning walks are everything for me. Tip 39, listen to lots of AF podcasts. Lots. While walking is a good time to listen to them. This is exactly what I did. I went on walks and I listened to sober shows. And it helps get your mind going and you can focus on the show and you're also getting fresh air and sunlight. And eventually that gratitude will come back. And when you have a routine of going on walks, it's, it's so good for your mental health. And Jennifer's last tip, tip 40, journal your feelings. Keep a journal in your purse or your car too. There are lots of journals that you can get on Amazon that have prompts for every day or you could do morning pages or something. If you struggle to journal, you could also like voice note in your phone if you're feeling really frustrated and you need to get it out. But we have to work on not bottling things up. And writing down your feelings or what's going on can be an excellent way to process what you're going through and develop some awareness about kind of what your triggers are or what set you off. Our next set of tips comes from another member, Sheila. Tip 41, I did a deep dive into books and podcasts about sobriety from alcohol. I found that I gained more from someone getting sober from my choice of addiction. I've never done cocaine or other drugs, so I wanted to hear from people that had the same problem that I did. And I think this is one big reason why we are so fortunate right now, because all sorts of different people are sharing. Maybe you don't resonate with me and my story. I mean, you're here listening to this. So I hope you do. But maybe you resonate with someone else's story and their experience. So there's all sorts of different people out there that you can learn from. And you have to find the ones that resonate with you. Tip 42, I ate as much sugar as I craved. And Sheila says, I learned from you that people who ate sugar to replace alcohol had less cravings to relapse. If you want to eat all the sugar and you have a big sweet tooth, just embrace it for now. Worry about it later. I ate so much sugar in the beginning, like so much, and it's fine. Nothing bad happened to me. And because of sobriety and all the good benefits that brought to my body, my dental appointments were the best that they had ever been in my adult life, even though I was eating sugar like every single day in the beginning. Sheila's next tip is that she turned to her religion more and more. And I've seen this from people too. They become more spiritual or they become more religious when they quit drinking. So if that is helpful for you, I would definitely explore that. Tip 44, Sheila said she joined living a sober powered life. And tip 45 is that she took a course called Sober Sis. So support and community and getting more education 
is really critical. And you have there are a lot of communities out there. If mine maybe isn't the best fit for you, there are lots of different ones that you can try. But getting support can really help. Tip 46, I started telling people that I knew wouldn't judge me or ask too many questions that I am sober and proud. And I hope that you have people in your life that you feel will support your sobriety and that you can share it with them. I always recommend sharing it slowly because I did the exact opposite. I made a Facebook post to the whole world letting them know that I was sober and like nobody cared. And it broke my fragile little sober heart and I felt really uncomfortable and I've never been able to post on Facebook ever again. And it's been three and a half years. So I don't recommend doing that. I completely agree with Sheila here. Tell people that you know won't judge you or won't ask too many questions and just start there. And her last tip is it's a daily battle, but you can conquer it with work and dedication. Our next set of tips come from Emily. Tip 48, my sober tip would be to dive right in. Immerse yourself in and embrace all the benefits of sober life. This is a new experience and there is so much to learn about this new chapter. Read Quitlet, listen to sober podcasts, try some new special teas, whatever feels special and tastes good for you. Tip 49, distance yourself from people and places that trigger cravings and find something that you enjoy to do at home or in sober spaces. And her suggestions are baths, reading, binging Netflix, gardening, knitting, rage cleaning, working out, going for walks, or dancing. I think that for a lot of us, when we quit drinking, we want to feel like nothing in our life has to change and that we can still do everything we did before, just be sober now. So it's important to know that things will probably change and that that is perfectly fine. Your drinking buddies, they may not be close friends. You might realize like, wow, we had nothing in common besides our love of binge drinking. So it's okay for friendships to fade away because it makes space for even better friends to come into your life. Tip 50, find a community of people that you can be honest with about sobriety, feel supported by and accountable to, and be present and communicate within that community. Being around people that get what you're going through and are going through it themselves are really, really helpful. You do not have to do this alone. Tip 51, remind yourself each morning, today I will not drink no matter what, and then don't drink no matter what. And each day with love and gratitude for your strength and determination, and then do it all over again tomorrow. This is similar to what I always say about make drinking a non-negotiable. You can eat sugar, you can go on rage walks, you can vent, you can journal, you can eat a bunch of chips, whatever you want. You just can't drink. Every single day, make that commitment to yourself. And Emily's last tip, do not try to moderate. No alcohol in the house. Those thoughts of moderating will definitely come for you. And every time they get me, I use it as a reminder that I'm just not cured. I never will be. Nothing will ever be different because people who are take it or leave it drinkers don't have this back and forth. They don't have to think about it or convince themselves or wonder. They just don't carry their way. 
So when those thoughts of moderation pop up, it's really important to have people around you that can support you, whether that's a community, a therapist, a friend, a spouse, whatever it is, it's important to have people around you that you feel safe with. And our last three tips are from anonymous members. Tip 53, stock up on fun NA drinks that make you feel like you have a special treat so you don't feel like you're missing out. I found the cocktail hour a lot easier to get through with a special mocktail in a nice glass. I love this tip because NA drinks really supported me when I first quit drinking because it was right before the world shut down and there were a ton of social events and I was very uncomfortable. So if you feel comfortable with mocktails or any beers, then that can be a great tool to support you while you get used to not drinking. Tip 54, granting myself grace. Listening to science-backed podcasts like Sober Powered and giving new things a chance have been helping me so far. In our last tip, tip 55, learning to name emotions and their energy levels and trying out different coping techniques. That has been very eye-opening for me and is something I'd never heard of before the Sober Powered podcast. I have a lot of episodes about emotions and how to get started handling them, but learning about different energy levels was very helpful for me too. There are low energy positive emotions and low energy negative emotions, so like happiness and sadness. And then there are high energy positive emotions and high energy negative emotions like excitement and anger or anger and anxiety. Those are both great examples. And based on the energy, that determines what you're going to do. If you're pissed off, a bath probably isn't going to do it. That's why you need a rage walk or rage cleaning. So you have to match whatever emotion that you're feeling with the appropriate energy level coping skill. And if you scroll my catalog, there are tons of episodes about negative emotions because that was the thing I had the most trouble with. This was really, really, really long. I didn't think it was going to be this long. So thank you for listening if you're still with me. I hope that some of these tips were helpful for you or just comforting to know that other people feel the same way that you feel. If you're struggling with the back and forth, I have a secret free private podcast that you can listen to. It's about five blocks that are holding you back from quitting drinking. It's a daily week-long podcast with a daily email to support you in kind of figuring out what is holding you back. There is a link in the show notes to sign up for that and it's free and I hope it's helpful. And if you want to hang out with these really cool members, I would love to support you in living a sober powered life. So keep going. I believe in you and I will talk to you next week.
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts